Welcome to Ulcerative Colitis Autoimmune Healing Journey. I am your journey guide, Jay India, and I'm so happy that you are here because this is a supportive, positive environment where we can heal together. Please note, I am not a doctor or health professional in any way. If you would like to attempt something mentioned in this episode, please consult your doctor or mental health professional. Today, we have Jessica Johnson, ND, who is a board-certified doctor of naturopathy, holistic health practitioner, and a wellness coach. She is my natural doctor and has really helped me with my UC with bioenergetic testing, which we are discussing today. Welcome, Jessica. Hi. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. So good to see you. Uh, So we're going to get right into it because of a lot of the listeners don't know what bioenergetic testing is. So let's get started with, first of all, what is bioenergetic testing? How did you get started with it? And why do you think this is the most accurate form of holistic testing? Bioenergetic testing works by reading the body's energy patterns and measuring the flow in and out of organs and tissues of the body, which is different, like say if you go to your regular medical doctor and they do blood work. What they're looking at in blood work is the serum levels of your blood, but they're not actually looking at the health of your tissues and organs and what's going on in there. So when I do a bioenergetic testing, I look for any mismatch between the inflow and the outflow of energy in all the different organs and tissues. When there is a mismatch between that, then thousands of frequencies are applied to that specific tissue and organ to figure out what exactly has gone wrong with it, where the imbalance is, and it also helps figure out what the balancing item would be. So it helps correct your imbalances at a deeper level than just looking at blood work and say a blood work shows that your B12 is low and the doctor would prescribe B12 injections where I would see your B12 is low and say, okay, why is it low? You're not digesting properly. You're not getting this from your food. Even taking an oral supplement, you're not going to digest properly. So that's the difference between like blood work and the bioenergetic testing and why I feel that it's more accurate as like looking at what's going on in your body as a whole, not just one portion of it. Right. So basically what you're saying is you get to the root cause. It's not let's just address the symptoms, let's address the root cause. And in Ayurveda, There's seven layers of tissue in the body. And Joanne Pavan, we had an expert on who explained this. And once it gets into the blood, it's not a great thing. That means it's very noticeable. It's very pronounced. So, right. So now we have to really know the root cause (laughs) because it's causing a lot of symptoms. It's, It's becoming that disease state. Yes. Now, how did you get involved in bioenergetic testing? When I was in school to become a naturopath, they had a whole lot of different healing modalities that we could specialize in or study. And because everything is energy and everything is frequency, this is what grabbed me the most. I don't use it as a diagnostic tool to say that this machine is telling me that you have this. I do a whole health evaluation, look at your symptoms, look at what's going on look at any past traumas, emotional, physical things, and put it together with the readings of the bioenergetic testing to come up with a healing plan. 
And you also do homeopathy. So how did you get involved with homeopathy as well? Well, I was raised this way. So as a child, my mother was very into homeopathic remedies, herbal remedies. She was uh, the prevention is the best medicine type mom. Anytime we had what a sniffle or anything coming on, she always had something to heal us. Then as I grew older, I figured that I would want to go to school and, you know, work in a hospital and learn how to heal people. And after doing that for 28 years, I realized that I need to go back to my roots because what I what I'm seeing in the hospital is helping people get rid of their symptoms, but not get rid of their problems. Yep, exactly. So when I went to you, what happened was I sat down in a chair and for bioenergetic testing, I held the rods in my hand, right? They're copper rods. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. And that reads your energies and your frequencies and all of that. And that gives you the reading. So what happens, because I have listeners from all over the world, especially in Australia. So how are you able to do bioenergetic testing this way when the client cannot hold the copper rods in person in their hands? I'm able to do it through hair sample or fingernail clipping samples. And I'm able to do the same exact reading when people are not here in person. And I also have clients that are all over the United States that I don't actually see in person. I take their sample. We do a phone call. We do a Zoom meeting after I do the scan and we go over all the readings and then, you know, come up with a customized treatment plan. And so if one of my Australian listeners wanted to come to you online, they would have to send you something from Australia. Yes. Okay. All right. I just want to be clear about that. All right. So now let's get into the discussion of inflammatory bowel disease specifically. I came to you with a lot of blood in my stool that I just could not figure out. I just had a colonoscopy that showed only a small bit of inflammation and very mild to non-existent UC. I was also having a very low degree of colon spasms at that time. From bioenergetic testing, you discovered that my issue was leaky gut, candida overgrowth, and I had to change my diet and take digestive enzymes. I also used your two homeopathic tinctures and the bleeding almost 100% stopped within 24 hours. And within a week, it was gone. It did return for a little bit because I went off my diet, as I had told you. And within a week, I was much better. Within two weeks, I wasn't bleeding again. So tell us about what you find with clients who have IBD, whether it's someone like me with UC or Crohn's. What do you find with us when you do the bioenergetic testing? I find that there are very high levels of inflammation. What I do is I look for what is causing the inflammation. Is it a pathogen? Is it mold exposure? Is it liver toxicity? Is your lymphatic system clogged? All of these things create an acidic body, which creates inflammation. So say one person may have UC because they have had mold toxicity. Somebody else could have it because they have a food sensitivity that they don't know about. Um, So everybody is different, but the outcome is the same. It's getting rid of that inflammation, learning what's causing it, 
and getting rid of it, healing that lining of your gut, and then eating properly for what your body needs. And then sometimes, you know, people have to change their diet and remove things, not just the typical sugar, dairy, gluten, all of that, but perhaps there's something else that's causing it. And once you heal that lining of your gut, your enzymes will start producing the way that they're supposed to again, and you may be able to start reintroducing some of these foods back into your diet, like your body will be able to tolerate them better and not create an inflammation storm. Yeah, for me, I had, (laughs) I texted you, I think this week or last week, and I said, listen, I'm starting to get nauseous with the digestive enzymes. And I never had that happen before. And you said, well, stop taking them because your body may be making digestive enzymes now properly. So in my case, I had to stop taking them. And I've been much better not taking them for now, because my gut is starting to heal properly, or as properly as it can right now. And something that surprised me too, was when you did bioenergetic testing on me. And again, this is just my diet. I don't want to say everyone you see should do this at all. But we had to talk about taking away grains. You know, I think everyone knows about gluten, everyone knows about sugar, everyone knows about dairy, but taking away the grains. And I really feel that between the digestive enzymes and the grains, I think that's what made the big leap for me. And I think that really helped me stop bleeding. I'm going to go into grains in a little bit, but do you find any generalities? Do you know, do you find anything where it's 60% of the time the liver or it's this or it's that, or you just find it all over the board with IBD? I, I actually find it's all over the board because everybody's different. People live in different parts of the country. They're in contact with different things. They eat different foods. So it's hard to say, you know, that I find it's mostly one specific thing. I would say in this area, a lot of the non-organic farming and eating, you know, grains and stuff that have pesticides and things on it. Those are huge endocrine disruptors and they create a lot of inflammation in the body and it happens over time. So you start eating it and you don't, mm-hmm. you don't have symptoms and now you've eaten it for many, many years and the symptoms happen And you don't think to think back, well, 20 years ago, when I started eating this, this is where the problem went wrong. That's another thing with the bioenergetic testing. It it can find things from many, many years ago that created an imbalance. And this imbalance happened again and again and again over time to where it creates this storm of inflammation in the body. Yeah. And that's what happened with me. Again, I was really surprised when you said grains. I think I want to save the mold thing for last because we're we're doing a lot on mold this month because we're recording with you in April. This is going to come out in May. But we're going to talk about some of your findings with me. And I thought it was so fascinating. But I want to talk about clearing out the liver because right now I'm at the stage where I've done well with my diet well, fairly well with my diet. And then I've, you know, taken all uh, the tinctures I need to take and I've taken the digestive enzymes. So my next step was clearing out my liver and of course, doing it gently and supervised. You supervised it. I've told my 
listeners time and time again that you do not just do a liver detox by yourself. You can really screw yourself up. You can release all those toxins from your body and it then you're in a place you don't want to be in. Then you're in the hospital. It's not good. So I was shocked when you told me how many IBD issues are linked to the liver. Can you share your thoughts about congested liver specifically and IBD? So our liver filters out toxins. And when our liver becomes congested, all of those toxins more than usual are being dumped into your digestive tract. That's creating a lot of inflammation. That's acidic inflammation and then over time, you know, the erosion of the digestive tract, you, that's where you get ulcerative colitis, you have bleeding, it's really red, it's really raw. And then eventually that tissue becomes porous and those toxins that are released from your liver, instead of being expelled from the body, they're being reabsorbed back into the bloodstream. It's affecting your kidneys because your kidneys are filtering your blood. And then it's just clogs your lymphatic system, which and then reclogs your liver. And it's just like a never ending circle, which causes inflammation, not just in the colon, but throughout the entire body. So you also had said in our appointment about not only the liver, but you really talked about the spleen as well, if I'm remembering correctly. Is that correct? Spleen is a huge part of our immune system. It produces the T cells that we need to get rid of infection and things in our body. So a lot of times when people come in and they have like long-term Lyme disease or things that are hidden in their body, the spleen is one of the organs that I look at to see if I don't see it like in any other tissue in the body. Well, what's going on in the spleen is is these pathogens or things affecting the spleen, which is affecting your immune system, which is affecting your body to heal from other things. So have you had any other, I mean, I consider myself a success story with regard to being your client. Have you had any more IBD success stories with your clients? Yeah. I mean, IBD is very common and it's common with people that have, that are diagnosed with a lot of other autoimmune diseases. Yep. Right. So, um, I had a client that came to me, she had, was diagnosed. I, I don't like to say she had, cause I don't think that we should own our diseases. So she was diagnosed with MS and lupus, IBD, she was walking with a walker. She had been this way for many years through many doctors, doctor to doctor. And they were just giving her a lot of medications, which we know those are synthetic as well. So they create a level of inflammation. And, um, you know, she was at the end of her rope. So she had come to me and we sat down and we discussed everything from back when she was a child. When she was a child, she had multiple ear infections, strep throat. She basically lived on antibiotics. Yikes. And back then, you know, you didn't know to take probiotics. Doctors don't tell you to take probiotics to rebuild the gut flora. So now in her 50s, she has all of these autoimmune diseases. And we had to trace back to her history, find the root cause. Okay, well, you took a lot of antibiotics. Let's look for candida. Were you exposed to mold? Let's look for fungus. Let's look for parasites. Because all these things happen when your gut flora is out of balance. And being able to get rid of all of those pathogens 
help get rid of the mold toxicity and everything rebuilds the gut lining. Now she is camping with her children. Wow. Hiking. She has no more IBD. She doesn't have any lupus symptoms anymore. She doesn't have any symptoms of MS anymore. She's not with a walker. She's living a regular life. That's amazing. Connected. All of the autoimmune diseases are all connected. Chances are you have more. That's what I wanted to ask you is with autoimmune, you know, we're often taught that the body is what it, what are we taught that the body's fighting itself, right? And you don't agree with that. You actually have another way of looking at it, which I agree with more. So what's your way of looking at autoimmune? Our bodies would never attack themselves. Yes, attack themselves. Our bodies are created to heal itself. So what the body is actually doing is it's attacking the toxins. So say you have gut inflammation, you have leaky gut, your liver is expelling all of these toxins, it's going into your digestive tract, and now you're reabsorbing them. Well, where are these toxins going? If they're going to your thyroid, they're going to tell you that you have Hashimoto's or Graves' disease. If these toxins are going to your lungs or your kidneys, they're going to tell you that you have lupus. Um, if it goes to your nervous system, they're going to tell you that you have MS. Your body is actually attacking the toxins that have made their way t- to these organs where they don't belong. They're not attacking the organs. Your body would never attack itself. Yeah. And we always say on this podcast that the body wants to heal. And I think that's what we have to keep in mind is that, yeah, I, I agree. The body is not made <laughs> to attack itself. It's actually made to heal. This brings us perfectly into my last question, and that is for this podcast last month, which was April 2023, was SIRS month. What SIRS experts have found is that 25% of the American population or more most likely have this SIRS gene, which means we cannot properly drain toxins from our body. In other words, we have biotoxin illness. Experts are finding that this biotoxin illness may be the root cause for all autoimmune disease. And if anyone hasn't listened to SIRS month and the episodes and going into what is SIRS and Shelly's story on SIRS, please do that. So what causes this dormant SIRS gene to become active is a one-time major exposure to a biotoxin. And usually mold is the culprit. Now, I don't know if you remember this about our appointment, Jessica, because I know you see so many people, but I remember when you sat me down and I I had the rods in my hands and you got the reading on your screen, you kept asking me, it was more than once, you sure you weren't exposed to mold? Are you sure? And I was just like, yeah, I lived in shitholes. I know I was exposed to mold. (laughs) But you asked me more than once. So it must have really come up for you. So I just wondered if you can expand on that with the mold toxicity. If you think about mold, mold is an organism, just like our bodies are. So as much as our bodies try to heal and protect themselves, so does the mold. So when you're trying to kill it off, it's trying to keep itself living. So it creates these biofilms and biotoxins, which are hard to get rid of. And then our bodies, you know, this gene turns on, which is the inflammatory gene, which means your immune system is kicked on, which means it's trying to get rid of this. 
And that's what creates this SIRS. Okay. And do you find this mold toxicity in a lot of your autoimmune patients and a lot of your IBD clients? Yes. Yes. Mold and also candida. Oh, that's what I had. Yeah. So with the mold, how do you address it with clients usually? You find the mold, what do you do? If they're close by, I do ozone therapy. Or if they're not close by, I recommend if for them to find ozone therapy because ozone kills mold. There are also like specific probiotics that help with yeast and mold. Also using herbs, using things like, I mean, depending on where the mold is, if the mold is in the sinuses or, you know, in the ears and stuff, I would say use a little bit of tea tree oil and some warm water and then breathe in the steam, which helps it off. But mold is difficult to get rid of. Yeah, mold is very difficult. And okay, well, now you've made me happy because I have on my list of episodes I want to do is ozone therapy, but I couldn't find anyone to ask about it. I had no idea you did ozone therapy. So you didn't tell me that. So I, I guess I skipped it on your website somehow. But please tell me about ozone therapy and what you found with it and how it works. I, I would love to to go into that quickly. We used to use ozone to disinfect and sanitize the operating rooms um, because it kills all pathogens, but it does not kill your healthy cells. So even I have a lot of cancer patients that come and do ozone therapy to try to add oxygen to the tissues and rebuild the rebuild our bodies to be able to process these toxins and these cell mutations that go on with cancer. I use ozone therapy for Lyme disease, um, for candida. So how does it work? Okay, you do do ulcerative colitis. So how, how does it work? Like I come in, is this where you're doing it rectally? Or how do you do it? So I do do rectal insufflations. There are sinus insufflations. I have an ozone sauna, which cleans your lymphatics. Stop. Oh, how did you not tell? I have to go. I have to do this. I don't know. Maybe I was just so focused on everything else. So I think I'm going to have to do this. But okay. So now if you're going, if you're not doing the sauna, I just don't know how it works. Do you have a tube and you shoot it up? Do you like, what is it? Yes. So I use a very teeny tiny, like urinary catheter. And we just put it in the rectum there and put about 200 cc's, a very slow push inside the colon. I have you lay on your left side because your sigmoid colon goes Mm -hmm. down on that side. And we want the ozone to sit in that area. If you lay on your right side, it's not going to sit down in the area. Ozone's heavier than air. So it goes down. Um, Yeah. And it takes all of 10 minutes and the effects last for a few hours that day. And it helps put out the inflammation of the colon. And if there's any kind of, um, you know, parasite or pathogen in that area, it will also help. And it also helps clean the liver as well because your portal vein is right there inside the rectum. So it uptakes that ozone right up into the liver to help with the toxicity issues. Ozone is what? Is it air? Is it, what is it? Ozone is made from medical grade oxygen 
and it goes through this ozone generator. So there's like a little electric spark in there. And what it does is, well, let's, let's rewind a little bit. Oxygen is O2 and ozone is O3. So think of it as like oxygen on steroids, like super oxygen. And you know that any pathogen can't live in an oxygen rich environment, right? So that's how it works as far as killing off pathogens. So I do have a big ozone, I mean, a big oxygen tank upstairs. It's connected to my ozone machine, has an output on it with a long tube on it. And depending on how I use it, it either comes out through a nasal cannula or I fill up the syringe and we do the rectal insufflations or it hooks directly up to the ozone sauna. You don't even know. I did an episode this week where it's going to drop tomorrow. And I said, you're going to die laughing if you hear it, because I say, I'm just giving up on the ozone therapy, trying to find an expert or trying to find someone because I don't know anyone. (laughs) And no one, I asked my listeners to, I know. So now I can actually try it with you. So knowing my history, knowing the ulcerative colitis, knowing everything. So if I said to you, Jessica, you know all my history, I know it's not sitting here in front of you, but let's just say, what would you recommend for me? Would you say, let's go up the butt? Let's have you start out in the sauna first. What would you say? Well, I would judge by your symptoms. Okay. Do you feel that your gut is in good order? You're having, what is it, a green heart? Yeah, there you you go. (laughs) She knows the lingo. I do. Right now, I feel seasonal allergy. Like that's how I'm feeling right now. And I'm using your tincture, which is amazing. So Jessica has this liver detox tincture that I had to go off for a little bit because I went off my diet and it caused a little flare and blah, blah, blah. And Jessica said, go off it for a little bit. And I noticed a huge difference when I went off it. And then I went back on it. So I've been much better, but I'm still feeling a little what I would call seasonal allergy. I feel like my liver's clogged. So what would you do? I would recommend the ozone sauna. It's a full body systemic treatment and it helps clean your limb, which helps give your liver a little bit of a break. You said these these results last for a few hours, but is there a longer lasting period of time than that that you see? Well, no, the, the results are long lasting. The ozone itself continues to work for two to three hours. Did I say it only lasts two hours? I, I may have said it wrong. Or I may have said it wrong. No, it gives a lasting result. The ozone will continue to work for two to three hours after your session, any session. Okay. And then, so will I still feel better a month later, or I have to keep going back every month type of thing. It depends on how toxic. Ooh. Oh, that, you know what though? That's a really good way to find out how toxic you are. Right. So if you do, let's say a couple of treatments, you know, I always say do a few right in the beginning, give your body that really good boost. As long as you don't have a Herx reaction from if you're killing off a Lyme disease or something like that. And then see how you feel. Some people get tired right after. And I tell them, if you do go home, take a nap, you'll wake up and feel better. It's your body just did a lot of work. Some people feel super energized after. They'll leave here and they'll go gardening and shopping and do all Hmm. that. So it all really depends on their toxicity level. 
Usually people that are very toxic are, like I said, trying to kill off a pathogen. They're tired after. But then the next day and for days after, they feel a lot better. And then, you know, sometimes after about a week, they'll say, okay, I need a little boost. And they'll come just a few times and then I'll get you know, just random phone calls. I think I need a boost. Can I come in for an ozone therapy session? And how long does that sauna last? Like how long is that session? 30 minutes. Okay. Okay. So now, now I know what I'm going to do next. (laughs) And that'll be good for me to do for this podcast as well, because I, I was like, I've heard about it. I just don't know about it. So now you guys, you have your guinea pig. I'm going to go do it. Okay, I'm really excited about this now. My other question about ozone therapy before we leave it and before we close out is to me, and I could be wrong, but the way I've read about it and the way it's been described to me, it's almost like doing a hyperbaric chamber. Is that correct? Because my mom did the hyperbaric chamber. She's no longer with us, but when she was sick and had cancer, she did it. And she said it worked for like two weeks and then it was pretty much back to normal. But my mom... Now I know everything that we know everything that happened after she died. So she was, I would say she was in a highly toxic state. And that's probably why. So it is like a hyperbaric chamber. It is. Um, It works just as well as a hyperbaric chamber. Hyperbaric chamber uses pressure, though. It's pressure. It's using pressure to push oxygen into your system. This is a lot more gentle. You're sitting in a steam cabinet and the steam opens up your pores and allows for this oxygen to come right through and get right into your lymphatic system there without the pressure. Okay. So you just feel like you're sitting in a sauna. Yeah. And then if you do it rectally, do you feel air going up there? Well, I push it very, very slow because if you do it fast, uh, you're going to want to pass that air out right away. Sure. So I do a total of 200 cc's and I do one cc at a time. Feeling bubbly? Do you need to take a rest for a second? Because my goal is for you to be able to keep that in there for as long as possible. And 200 cc's sounds like a lot, but it's not. Okay. So do you... I had a question and it just slipped out of my mind and now now I can't. Oh, do you have to ask the client, do you have to say to them, okay, you cannot eat beforehand. This is like a colonoscopy. You have to cleanse yourself before you get this done. Um, No, just make sure you don't have to poop when you get here. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you do, you can use the bathroom for (laughs) There's no prep. You don't have to do prep like a colonoscopy. Okay. Well, I'm all for this now. So I'm going to try the sauna first. We're going to see how that goes. Yeah. And then I'm probably going to venture into doing it rectally. So I'm going to have both going on. So we'll see. So thank you so much for explaining bioenergetic testing, which has helped me out so much, and then explaining ozone therapy, because that was a nice surprise for us. (laughs) I'm really happy that I can be the guinea pig. So Jessica, where can we find you? Um, You can find me online on my website. It is www.com. HudsonRiverHomeopathy.com. I'm located in Poughkeepsie, New York right now. 
I'm actually moving my office over to Pleasant Valley, but that's only 10 minutes away. But I'm here I am in the Hudson Valley. And if anybody that doesn't live around here would like a consultation, they can reach me through my website. There's a link that you can click on and it would send me a direct email. My phone number is on there. Feel free to call me. If I'm with somebody, just leave a message. I will get back to you as soon as possible. Great. So we're going to put all of that in the show notes so everyone has it. And I think it's so worth it. I think you have so many services. And when are you moving your office? It looks like middle of June, June 15th-ish. Good for you. Congratulations. That's awesome. That's amazing. So Jessica, in my household, when we have a perfect shit and you know when it slides out of your body and it's perfect color and it's solidly formed and you're so proud of yourself that you turn around the toilet and you go, wow, look at what I've done. That's what we call a green heart. So what do you wish everyone? We usually wish everyone a green heart day. What do you wish the listeners? Oh, I hope all of you listeners have green heart days every day. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. And thank you so much. I'm so happy to have you on because you are my doctor and I really highly recommend a consultation. So thank you, Jessica. Thank you. Wait one second before you go. I just want to add one more thing. I noticed as I edited the episode that I kept saying I would return to the subject of grains and I just never did. So when I was in the appointment with Jessica, it had come up that grains were not good for my energy, not good for my body. So I took them out of my diet. Then I found out that grains actually have a lot of mold because of the way they're packaged. If you guys did not listen to the episode, let's say a month ago on GAPS diet, I talk about grains specifically in that episode. And I said that when they're in warehouses and they're packaged, they can contract a lot of mold and a lot of mold can grow on them. Hence why I think my body right now doesn't work well with grains because of the SIRS and the mold issues. So I definitely want to bring that up and I apologize for skipping over that. And the other thing I want to add is I made an appointment with Jessica for ozone sauna therapy. It's going to happen the end of next week. So when I come back, I should have a full report. And then if that goes well, then I plan on doing the rectal ozone therapy, and then I will report on that. So that's awesome. Already have an appointment set up. Thank you guys so much. And I wish you all a green heart day.